Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, Superintendent of West Aurora Schools, and welcome to podcast number 19. Today, we're featuring West Aurora Assistant Principal, Dr. Whitney Martino. Dr. Martino was responsible for the teaching and learning aspects of the high school. Whitney and her husband are relatively newly minted uh, West Aurora residents, and they have four children. Their son, Gino, is a junior, and Jordan is a freshman, both at West Aurora High School, and they have two younger children, Dion and Lorenzo, also in, and soon to be in about a year, um, in the West Aurora School System. Welcome. That's right. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. This is uh, an opportunity for us to um, kind of introduce uh, you to our larger community and get them to know a little more about who you are and what you're about, um, aside from the perfunctory things that you do every day in our schools. That's great. So, you know, one of the things that's kind of like a res- or a, an interview question, people kind of recite their resume to us, and we can read your resume, uh, but tell us some things that we wouldn't see on a resume that we'd know about you and where you've been and what you've done. Great. Yeah, really, I come from a family of educators, and I know that oftentimes happens with educators, but for me, that story is also true. So my mom uh, is a retired principal. She retired from Wheaton Warrenville South High School several years ago. Home my, of the Tigers. Home of the Tigers. Had a great experience there. She was never my principal. She was always at a middle school, a, a different middle school from where I was uh, attending in Galesburg, Illinois, so that's uh-huh. my alma mater. And then she went to Rock Island High School, Home of the Rocks. Yes. Yes, and that's where my brother graduated. Great track teams. Yeah, and then ended up at Wheaton Warrenville South. Um, my dad was a basketball coach, high school athletic director. My sister's a special educator in Princeton, Illinois, also mm. home of the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, my brother sells 403Bs to educators. So I always say <laughs> he sells benefits to and benefits from educators, okay. if you can say that. So we, nice little we, plug for the brother. Yeah, yeah. It, that's right. We all, we're all involved in education. I think what that speaks to is the value that we see in public education, our life's work, it's, it's, it's a cornerstone of what my family values. And, uh, you know, I continued that tradition in, in where I'm at and what my role is now. You know, in addition to that, I think sports have always been a large part of my upbringing. And I say that a little bit about my dad, but also just about my background and my connection to West Aurora High School is an interesting one. So as a Galesburg streak, mm. um, back in 2000, we actually played West Aurora in a quarterfinal game. Be interesting to see what the mascot of a streak would look like. It's a lightning bolt. Yeah. Right. The streak was actually a train. So Galesburg's a big train and a uh, locomotive town. And so they were, it was the, the silver streak sure. was a train. So there you go. A little, little background about that community. Um, so West Aurora. So we played, we played them in a quarterfinal game. And Galesburg ended up winning that particular game. The boys were also, the boy, West Aurora boys were also at the state tournament in the same year. So wow. 2000 was a great year uh, for West Aurora and its community. And I, I tell that story a little bit because when I was hired here in the district, um, several people had already known my name before I even was hired. And one of them was Neil Ormond at the time. He was the board president, actually congratulated uh, me into this role and then brought up some of the old stats from that game. Sure. And also Donna Proctor was uh, an, an early friend because she came to me and, you know, I scouted against you and I coached against you. And here we are, even had some newspaper clippings. And that was really a really cool moment for me and my connection to West I think that's kind of where it all began because it really felt like homes early, early on. Yeah, Don and Neil, both legendary figures in the West Aurora history. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Mark was actually the head coach at the time mm-hmm. of, of the girls' team, and, and Donna was um, an assistant coach. But from there, so Galesburg graduated from there, I'll go on to the University of Iowa, um, where you know I'm still just still a true Hawkeye. And part of that is because you know I did not uh, play college basketball. It wasn't really what I wanted to do at the end of my senior year. I know a lot of athletes struggle with that. It's been your life for Mm -hmm. a long time. 
it's what I did. We actually went to state all four years. So it was just, it really defined who I was as a teenager. But then you go off to college and I wanted a big school and uh, I wasn't going to be able to play, didn't have the ability to play at the University of Iowa, but felt that there was still a void in my life, which was sports. So walked into the women's basketball program, their office, got an appointment and met with the head coach who was brand new at the time, Lisa Bluter, Coach Bluter. She's been there 22 years now. And it was her first year. And she said, well, I don't take walk-ons, but I do have a manager position if you're interested in that. Without knowing too many details, I signed on and was a manager for the University of Iowa women's basketball team for five years while I was there. And interestingly enough, at the time, women's basketball, that first year, they started having scholarship positions because the men's team did at the time. So it was a full-ride scholarship athlete at the University of Iowa for being a manager. Yeah, and took that experience. Um, You know, athletics do so much for you, like any club or activity or or group or organization that you're a part of. You learn so much from those moments and those experiences and being a part of a team, and that has really... Um, helped shape who I am, who I am today, and you don't see that on the resume, but that's absolutely that's there. Well, you see it uh, especially in our our pandemic time, where we have um, challenge after challenge, day after day, uh, similar to what you've experienced in in your sports background, where you face those challenges each and every day, and helps you get through them. And, it really does. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, in my background as well, I wouldn't wouldn't regret one single day. I think it builds uh, who we are uh, internally. So you talked about some of your connections back to West Aurora. Uh, so two pieces. What what drew you professionally to the West Aurora School District? And then I'm going to ask you a little more about your, I know you've made some decisions with your, with your husband to move into the West Aurora system. Those weren't easy decisions to make. So talk to us about it professionally, what drew you here? And then personally, uh, because this impacts not only you, but your family. Yeah, I was a new dean at the time, or I'd, I'd been a dean for a couple of years when the position as activities director was posted here in this district. And I looked at that posting, it seemed it, it was it was really what I wanted to do at the time. It was a perfect job opportunity for me to apply for. Sure. And partly it'll transition into why I really care about this place so much. At, Activities in this district as athletics, I mean, you know, it's a value, but what it is, it's, it's opportunities for kids and a lot of opportunities for kids because there's so many kids to provide those opportunities sure, for absolutely. and a large staff. You have a staff that's diverse in their interests, diverse in what they're, what they're passionate about. And so kids can really gravitate towards that. So coming into the activity director role, I was able to witness how much and how kids got a chance to be who they wanted to be, share that with an adult in the building and have a lot of fun. And that was a really fun job. And that's what drew me to the district. And so that was very exciting. And then- I wonder if that was on the job description. You're gonna have a lot of fun, yeah. It might have been. I remember one of them was um, plan and execute assemblies. And I thought to myself, like, I I think I can do that. That sounds great. Since then, you know, how I drew my family here, I think as parents, we all make decisions about what we want and where we want our kids to be. And a lot of that is based on how we grew up and what we felt was important to us and what pieces of that we wanted. And my experience at Galesburg did that. It was, mm. a, it was a community. It was a small town feel. Um, there were opportunities for me to, when I was in the community, people would know who I was. They kind of took care of me in that way. If something went on with my family, and we did have some adversity growing up, that community stepped up and helped us. And I saw that here in West Aurora. That happens with our students all the time. They're noted, you know, the, with the support that we get from local newspapers or 
the support that we get from foundations that pour into our kids because they just love this place are boosters. You know, some of them don't have kids in the system anymore, but they're still here and they're still supporting them. That speaks to the larger and fabric. And have been for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was one thing because um, that did happen to me too. Now currently board presidents and, and whether that's your boosters or and I was working really closely with the band boosters when I, when I was in activities and that group it was just the amount of work that they were putting into their students and then beyond that setting it up for the next generation of kids or the middle school kids it was just something that was really valuable to me to see back to that uh, that adage of it takes a village and probably yeah. well well evidenced here in our community yeah absolutely you you touched base on when it, Back to your resume, uh, you were dean of students, came out of the classroom to take on that role. And I know people, people take, take those aspirational steps for a variety of reasons. So I'm um, curious as to what was your motivation to, to take that next level to come out of that classroom um, and then take that next, uh, that bigger step to come into a larger high school um, and to be responsible for our teaching and learning uh, piece at the West sure. I've been a lifelong learner and I think people say that a lot but I, I value that and I value my experience in going back to school and continuing to learn and so when I started my master's work here at the uh, here at Aurora University it sparked an interest of you've got now this knowledge and this background to step into a leadership role make decisions you know in your classroom you make decisions all the time about how you want that to work for the students that you have in your room and then you step up as teacher leader and you maybe become part of committees and you have some voice and decision-making power but you get really step into that when you get into administration, that yeah. you do make an impact on a larger number of kids, maybe not face to face, but your decisions do. And so that was why I stepped into a role as a dean of students. And that is a that is a that is a great role in any school. It's a it's a hard role. You know, I always talk about when I when I interview candidates now for different administrative positions or whether it is dean you know I, I do think it is one role in any building that I all administrators should have to at some point face or do or see or be a part of because man you get to see that's where the good stories are too by the way <laughs> all the good stories are in the dean's office but you you get to be an advocate for staff parents students all at the same time and you get to see what one decision you make and you know you really you're a disciplinarian but at the end of the day, you're an advocate for kids. You build and a lot of skill sets. You build so many skills. Yeah, making decisions under pressure, um, staying calm yeah. under pressure, not getting not getting too upset when there's decisions or things that happen. So I think that's a great role, and it really sharpens you in as an administrator. And then in stepping in now to the activities director and then coming now to assistant principal of teaching and learning, it really is about I want to be able to um, make decisions and for a larger group of students programmatically that I think have a positive impact. That's been so interesting too with now having the two boys at West that you you get to now make those decisions and then see how they play out and how does that impact students. And then you always have in the back of your mind, it's not just students, it's my own family. Yeah, they got and names and faces. You get They have names and faces and they come home with stories and that really does help you sharpen your decision or what you want to do or critically think through what you decide to do because it I want to make decisions for everyone's kid and it's nice that mine are there too because that helps you know and you raise a, an important point there and, and I want to go back to your you know a little bit of your sports background and then you know the fun job of being the activities mm -hmm. director mm -hmm. and you're I guess from an observational perspective you're a strong advocate of not only West Aurora High School but our West Aurora school system talk to me a little bit about you know what 
where does that come from? What is that? What generates that? What what really kind of motivates you? What urges you to to be that almost that cheerleader for our school and school system? Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. And I I am an advocate of cheerleader. I will talk anyone's ear off about this place if they'll give me the time because I have a strong belief that this district does so many wonderful things for this community, its students, and its families. I oftentimes want to always say that there are students that are going to succeed in spite of us, right? They're going to do well no matter what. We can't screw them up. Yeah, we're not. (laughs) But I want to be the district that helps students succeed because of us. Sure. And that is what we're doing. There are students, all of, you know, and I, the decisions, the programs, the procedures that we put in place help students succeed because we're here. And I th- would believe that about our community too, that the community, the west side of Aurora is like a little small town in the suburbs of Chicago. And you get away from the hustle and bustle of the western suburbs a bit as the further you get out on 88, which is where we are, but it, it has a lot of people, but it still feels like a small town. That community is still there. In more ways than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what that does then is provides that for our kids. And I think we are a cornerstone of this community and that's really a good thing to be a part of. So I advocate for it because of that. I advocate for it because of our programming, what we've done. No matter what you want to be or what you want to do, you can find that experience in West Aurora. And partly because we are so large that there is an opportunity for that. We support you through it. We value it. We think that that's a really good, as a district, it's good for you to be able to try out and take some risks in your educational career and really become the student and then eventually the adult that, that you know, you're supposed to be and destined to be. So that's why I'm uh, certainly a advocate for this place. And as a former government teacher, I can't sit here and not say a bit or bring up that I, I mean, I genuinely also believe that, you know, education is a value of a, a, dem- a democratic society, that we have a responsibility as a democracy to educate um, and be a part of that public education system. And in West Aurora, you know, I guess it's really easy for people to see, listen to, hear opinions or values that are similar to yours. Sure. It takes risk to hear diverse beliefs and diverse backgrounds and experiences. And the high school in West Aurora District provides that for our kids. We are willing to hear and to listen to other people and walk in shoes that we are well, that's not my experience. What is your experience? And they get that organically within our schools. And I value that. And I think that's really important. And that's why I want my kids to be a part of it. Your social studies teachers would be proud of you. For- I know. They, yeah, I can't <laughs> not. You can't not talk about democracy and social. You're right. That's exactly right. So knowing you, you are not a shrinking violet, whether it's, you know, in the school system or in our general community. And as I have been approached, I'm sure people will, whether it's in your personal or professional circles, kind of just say, hey, you know, Aurora used to have this this reputation and you're in the West Aurora school system. So what's that like? How is that? Uh, what's your experience? And I'm curious how you respond to people's Probably a predetermined or preconceived notion of what they think Aurora or West Aurora schools are. And so I'm curious to see or hear your response to their probe. I start that off with whenever we travel and, you know, whether it's just we go out to dinner that's not in Aurora or when we're going around in the state, whatever it might be, like our boys will always put on a West Aurora sweatshirt. And I find that so interesting that they're so proud of that. So whatever the reputation is or whatever people think about the community, it's interesting to watch our students because they want to represent it. So what that says to me is there is a pride maybe in the thought that what you may think of us or what you may have heard 
isn't isn't necessarily true, or maybe it is true. And we're proud that we get to be a part of a large school in the western suburbs that doesn't. It is hard to replicate. Absolutely, it's not. It's you're going to find smaller settings. You're going to find smaller schools, but that's not who we are, and we can offer that up. I always talk about there are challenges to a large high school. You can't not whether it's parking or getting into the building. You know, you're putting 4,000 people in one space on any given morning. It's a lot of moving parts. And that does cause headache, right? Or um, a large school may also mean you don't always get to have the personalized phone call from the principal. There are things we give up when we get into a large setting. Absolutely. But what it does do is create an environment where we get to offer courses. Mm. Um, I go back to programs. Um, We get to bring in staff. We have a lot of different staff and, and unique staff members. That happens as a result of being big. And that's a real it's a real benefit. Additionally, it's hard not to show up to a Friday night football game where you've got not just a football game happening. You have dance, cheer, band, rowdies. We bring the whole show. You bring the whole show. And the amount of students that are impacted on one night, one Friday night in Aurora, that is so unique to an experience. That is a really cool moment. So I, I, I invite people out community. to see it. That's right. You know, our community values that just as much as our kids do and our coaches do. Well, I still see high school sports as entertainment. You yeah. know, I think that's going away a little bit around around the country. But I still see high school sports as absolutely the entertainment I want to I want to see and, and be a part of. Um, Because it's fun, Uh, you know, whether it is a sporting event or it is a theater production or these things that our kids are doing, uh, I want to I want to see it and we can we can support that in in the district. So, yeah, I I would say, you know, in in listening to if you've got somebody that's, oh, I've, I've heard a lot about that district. And I said, well, you haven't heard this, you know, and I would always remind them of the things maybe they don't see or hear. And part of that might be because, you know, you're tuning into what you want to hear. Maybe not what you should be hearing. Well, and you're a great, uh, a great storyteller of West Aurora, and uh, that certainly helps because I think people want to hear that that personal experience, and they can. Uh, I don't think they can hear it on our broadcast today, but certainly uh, the vibrance and the excitement that you bring when you tell that and and start engaging about who we are and what we do is certainly evident. You know, you started uh, down the path of programs, and one of the positive aspects of having a large student body is being able to offer a lot of programs. Um, And that goes into our advanced placement courses. Uh, A lot of schools can't offer many of those because they're a smaller number and it efficiently you cannot, you can't expend all those dollars on teachers for 10 kids. But when you have multiple sections, you can offer multiple um, opportunities for kids. And I w- would, would offer the very similar and along with our advanced placement with our, our dual credit that we engage in with our community college. So if you could first talk about, because a lot of our listeners probably aren't as tuned into what is advanced placement, what does it mean, why is it important, and our dual credit, two real uh, strong uh, proponents uh, in the West Rural High School system. I'm really excited about the work that we've done with those programs as we 
encourage and engage our students in trying and thinking about taking at least one AP or dual credit course throughout their time at West Aurora High School. Sure. So AP stands for Advanced Placement. Those courses are a college board curriculum in collaboration with higher education. So if you are taking an AP course at West Aurora, let's if we just say AP Environmental, one of the new courses that we added a couple years science ago. Cl- course, it's a right? science class, that's right. So that course would be similar here as it would be all over the country. So the curriculum is very similar. Um, And what the higher education has done is said, if you have these courses in your school, and then you can prove with a competency exam or an AP exam that with, with a certain score, a benchmark score, that you know and understand the content and skills of that course, then we will give you college credit. So what we've essentially done is moved freshman, some sophomore level college courses into the high school. The great thing about that is at the high school level, we can provide for supports for students that you can't in higher education. Very simply, for example, meeting every day for 50 minutes. Tutoring, mentoring, just counseling. regular supports. That's exactly yeah. right. Communicating with parents. Yeah. That's always one I, I, I always tell parents, like, well, you think about an AP course. You're sending your kid to freshman English. AP language and comp, let's talk about it. So you're sending them to freshman English, but you get to see the grade, you get to communicate with the teacher, and you get to support your student. When they go to college that freshman year, you don't get the grade till midterm, or maybe even till the end of the course. You don't know who the professor is, and you can't advocate for your kid. So if we know this is going to be a struggle, we, we we hope for our students that they go off to college, but we're like, well, they may struggle their freshman year. Let's try it in high school, where the risks are so much fewer. There isn't a tuition bill coming. We've got this opportunity for you to, to try to stretch your kid and to get them to, to engage in a rigorous and, and a harder course than maybe they're you know, uh, necessarily used to that, that college-level course, but you're around to support them, and so are we. So that's, that's AP. So if, before we leave AP, yep. there's, there's some other tangible advantages if you are successful in the course as you mentioned, you reached a certain attainment of, of uh, the test competency, uh, successful level. When you get that college credit, you, you don't have to take that course in most of the universities in Illinois. But also that there's a, there's a realization back to the family, you're not paying for those courses. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you earn, a, it, currently it's a three or better on the AP Language and Comp exam. And I use that one. Uh, because it's extremely transferable, not only in Illinois public institutions, but also private sure. private institutions as well. Um, right, so you've earned that you've you're gaining the skills and the content of that course, and with a three or better, then you have essentially what what you have done is taken that credit, and you no longer need to take. I think it was called Comp 101 when I was in college. Some people may see Rhetoric 101, but whatever freshman level college English course you've proven you have mastered it and you're not taking it. And yes, that means you get to move on to the next level. So you're moving on to sophomore level um, still as a freshman and you're not paying the tuition bill. So you get to keep that money in your pocket and it was really earned as a high school student. It also signifies to those colleges that you've put in the work that you have some of that skill and you'll be successful when you get to college. I could go, one of my favorite topics, and we'll probably get there, but I could go <laughs> on and on about college access and attainment for all students. But they, there's a number, they call it the power of 15. So there's some research in higher ed around if a student comes into college with 15 college credits in their pocket, their rate of being successful, not only in acceptability, but then completing a degree are much higher than their peers who come in with less than that. 
And and that makes sense, right? Because what you're saying is, well, you've had at least, you know, those classes, you've taken a couple AP classes, maybe some dual credit courses successfully in high school. You come in with them. You've got, you understand what it means to be a bit of a college student. And that's important. And what, and what you said is it's, it's really important to know the difference. We have a lot of folks that start college or university classes, but not a whole lot of them finish. So that completion piece is really significant because people will get a semester and they go, this isn't for me. This, is right. whether I, this isn't what I signed up for. And if we can nudge them along where we show them, we'll start them down the right path of being successful, they have a pretty good chance of finishing and coming away with that piece of paper. That's exactly right. And that diploma is so important. When you decide you're not going to continue in, edu- in higher ed for whatever reason, you still have the loans or the tuition Absolutely. spent. right? And that still is something that you're going to pay back eventually to that university. And it's the diploma that helps you then move and have access to other careers. And I, and I do want to get into some of the access um, to some of these other opportunities, but I, if you could help our listeners think now about dual credit. What right. does that mean? How does it work? And then who do we engage with? So dual credit, let's start with the dual part. You're earning two credits. So you're getting the high school credit, but you're also earning college credit without the exam at the end, similar to AP. The, the key there, though, is you're in collaboration with your local community college. Sure. We're in collaboration with uh, Wabonzi Community College. Our partnership has been strong for many, many years. And what we work to do is take that college course and then our own instructors at the high school level teach that. Now, back to why West Aurora is so great. One of the things we get to do in order to teach a dual credit course opposite an AP, but if you're teaching a dual credit course, you have to have master's level content and degree to be the instructor. Right. So you essentially are a, you are teaching college courses. You need to be a college professor. And we have so many of our staff who are and have the degree that qualifies them to teach those courses, which is unique to us. I work with Wabonzi often, and, and they're just, they're very impressed that we, math masters is an example. To have four and working on five, almost six of our staff have a math masters and can teach Calc 3. And some schools don't have any. That's right. At a high school level is an opportunity that those students have access to wow. that is so, so impressive. And so they're earning that credit. So right now, you're right, I, I mentioned Calc 3. It's just one of those that I'm always just so blown away that those, when I go and visit that class, the students in there, they are essentially taking junior and college level math. It's hard to wrap your head around. It is hard. When you have a, a 17 or 18-year-old yeah. senior in high school right. taking classes that are two and three years advanced. Right. That's impressive. So with a C or better in a dual credit course, you are transcripted credit at West Aurora High School, but also at Wabonzi Community College. Something it's important so for I, listeners. So if I could interrupt you real yeah. quick. So you are working towards graduation from high school at the same time working towards graduation from a community college. Right. And it's not just the community college. So something an important distinction is you are getting a Wabonzi Community College transcript. But those courses are extremely transferable. You may never go to Wabonzi, and you don't need to. Sure. But you would take your Wabonzi Community College transcript and be able to enroll mm. at the University of Illinois. They would transfer the credit in if it's a transferable course. And, and, and most of the dual credit courses that we have are, and that's a, that's a great advantage as well. So you may, as a student, take an AP course here, two dual credits here. Again, these are mostly junior and senior level courses, but in speaking with freshman and sophomore parents, always just encouraging them, is your student trying out an honors course 
what area are they interested in? Uh, what do they? Where do you find success? Is it writing? Is it math? Is it reading? Do they love social studies? And that being the course that we try out, and is there success there? Well, it's how a, hard it, was it as a Hawkeyes talk about the University of Illinois? I wanted to stay in state. <laughs> okay, I wanted to stay in state. We are a public institution. Yes, I'll we support are. the other and public we, institutions. We advocate for all of them. Right? That's right. You know, I I will. Um, I want to because there's some there's some areas that you have some passions about. I'm going to touch on a few of them, um, and one of them is is how we think about college and career readiness. You know, and that's kind of a buzzword across public education. But from your perspective, uh, what significant changes have we seen in the past five years, and then what are we anticipating moving forward? So, in the past five years, we've seen a lot of change, specifically in language around how we talk about college and career mm-hmm. readiness. I don't know if we go back 20 years, but you were a four-year college kid or you were going into careers, right? So we would sort of split and divide how we programmed for those kids, depending on your passion or what you wanted to do, or maybe even aptitude, honestly. And so that's changed. The language has changed. We've now said it doesn't matter if you're going to college or to a career. The skills that you need to be successful in either space are the same and we need to prepare you in that way. Sure. And we, I, I'm, a, I'm a proponent, I, I would say to any family, you need to think about grade 13. So whether you're a ninth grader or a 10th grader, wherever you're at, I need you to think about grade 13. What happens to your student when they graduate from West Aurora High School? Because my goal would be that you have a plan for what you're doing right after. Is it a four-year liberal arts degree, which many students choose? Is it a Wabonzi Community College certificate program? Is it an apprenticeship? What is it past that? Because the high school diploma doesn't, and, and the access that you have after high school with that diploma has changed significantly in our community Absolutely. and in our country. And my goal would be for you to have a plan for what that looks like next. When I talk about college and career readiness, it's the skills are the same. The content and the understanding that you need, the knowledge that you should have when you leave West Aurora should prepare you for grade 13. And that's a, it's an interesting thing. I talk about that a lot with the community college and in our partnership with Wabonzi. You know, if I had my, every kid, every kid applies to Wabonzi because there should be something post West High for you, whatever it looks like. Um, and the programs that they have there may be of interest to you when you graduate from us and what happens in August. And grade 13, you know, especially in the context of college and career readiness, Grade 13 has different definitions for a lot of different um, walks of our kids. True. You know, I think back to your point where we used to we used to split them up at a certain point and say you're either college track or you're career track. And I think we've done a disservice as educators where we've said it's college or bust mm-hmm. if you want to be successful. And now kids are incurring debt. Back to your your earlier comments, they have these credits, but they really don't have no application or may not even have a passion to use them. They just did it because it was perfunctory and maybe they didn't go into a, a college or a career field that, you know, really excited them and brought them to school every day, got them out of bed in the morning. We really have changed too when we expose students to career exploration, because if a liberal arts, four-year liberal arts degree is what's needed for your career, then we're going to encourage you to do that. But if it's not, there's no point in that. To, to, yeah, we've done a disservice by saying four-year degree for all because that's not the job market. It's not four-year degree for all. 
There are there are jobs that require that. Sure. And absolutely we should prepare students for it, but but not all. And there are I think our our community is adapting. I think about that too. If you're if I'm a West Aurora graduate and I want to come back to my community, I want to live here, my family's here, my grandparents are here, then we should look at the current job market in the Aurora area for you and say, "Well, what is available for you to come back to and how do we prepare you for that position or how do we prepare you for that job?" And in working with business partners and community leaders, how can we help you? I mean, we have a responsibility as a public education system to say, how can we prepare the next workforce and what do you need from us and, and start to teach, train, expose students to those careers? Absolutely. And we found some voids out there yes, that we're trying we to fill. That's exactly right. You know, and I want to move really into some of those areas that you, you've mentioned earlier, some of your aspirations um, kind of follows this very train of thought about improved access to college. Um, talking about our relationship and our partnership with Wabanzi Community College, because it has been, you know, there's there's probably been some, there's some competition out there amongst higher ed, but I think we've had, struck a good partnership, and I think how do we help ease the pain or the the ordeal of accessing what grade 13 might look like for kids? So talk a little bit about what uh, kind of your aspirations for that and where you see us heading in the next several years. And man, college acceptance process and that whole plan, that has changed so much. And, and as a mom, you're going to experience that's that right. pretty soon. I know, I know. And isn't it so fun? It, it is a fun, and you, you know, you've been through it, but sitting down and, well, first, what do you want to do after high school? Yeah. And then just the deer in headlights, you know, a 17-year-old, how do they... How do they articulate that? It's very difficult. But when well, you're really good at this, you know, I don't like that. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a fun dinner, dinner conversation. But college access has changed. The pandemic has also affected it. And it has affected it a bit because there was a period of time where we were not testing students in high stakes exams similar to the ACT or SAT. Sure. I think we went a full nine months where there wasn't an available test in Illinois for a student to take. And so what that did is colleges had to rethink, how do we go through the application process and decide who should or can't or would be a good candidate or fit in our college? And, and if I could, if I could yeah. back you up there, so those two assessments are, are nationally normed, so that's kind of a consistent metric to measure kids rather than individual schools or, or colleges meeting out some type of, a, uh, of, of an, an evaluation. So those, the SAT and the ACT are pretty common across the country now. That's right. That's right. And you're, you're exactly right. So they're normed. And so what you would be able to do is if you've got a test score, regardless of where you're from, that test score would mean the same thing no matter where you work, right? right? Yep. And I always say, because high stakes testing, I always tell parents and kids, what it does is it assesses what you know at that time during that assessment. So it's not saying you're, you're smart or you're not. That's not what it's telling us. What it's telling us is how much of that particular content did you know at that moment. Sure. But what that can do is open up access to or shut down access from higher ed. And this, it's, so it would be this year's freshmen, you know, when they were junior, freshmen in college, when they were juniors, we typically give that assessment in April. It's the state of Illinois. We all uh, SAT test our students in April. We did not have that. 
So then we tried doing that again in the fall with limited access, and some students were not still coming into the building. And we were trying to do some of that on Saturdays, and they couldn't find them, and those testing centers were filling up. So you had this a lot of anxiety among families. It would be last year's seniors. I don't, I don't have an SAT score. I don't have an ACT score. What do I tell these colleges? And colleges didn't want to miss out on these kids. It's their next group of students. So what we saw happen was colleges adapt and say, we are very interested in your GPA. So your grade point average. What is the average of all of your high school grades put together? What's your average? They wanted that. We saw a lot of them looking for personal statements, and we saw a lot of transcript reviews. That's what was happening in the application and acceptance process in higher ed. So those students were having to adapt. We were having to adapt. But what also was going on then is you needed an SAT or ACT score to be accepted into some programs at the college level. So I may be accepted into a university initially by just my GPA or personal statement, and then they needed a test score for you then to have access to the College of Engineering or College of uh, Education, for example, if those were things you were interested in. But that's changed how, how students have applied and how we thought about really the GPA being such a having such a heavy weight on what kids do and how they get accepted into college. Do you get a sense that the new um, admissions practices put a greater emphasis on the whole uh, student's career, their choices they make along the way from freshman year through senior activities, uh, choices about courses, rather than just all that heavy weight on a singular assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought that was a really good move. Absolutely. At higher That's a good ed. idea. One of the things we see and I see a lot with students is their GPA speaks to their ability to persevere, to come be in attendance, to get the grades, to work hard, to reassess or remediate if needed so that their GPA is solid, they're proud of it, that's a good thing. But what can sometimes happen in the test-taking environment is maybe, maybe there's anxiety around the test, um, maybe they're a second language learner and some of the words or some of the scenarios that they're presented with in that test are confusing. And so the score doesn't speak to what they're actually capable of in an academic setting. And I think that that's a good thing for our students and for higher ed. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Yeah. You know, you have talked a lot about um, you give counsel to kids. Mm -hmm. You give to your own kids as mm -hmm. well as the several thousand that are in our high school every day. You give counsel to parents about how to think about grade 13 and other options. I'm curious to hear your counsel for aspiring administrators. So if somebody were to walk in your office and said, Dr. Martino, I'm thinking about taking this next step. How's that conversation sound? This is a very exciting time in education. Exciting with, while exciting, there are going to be a lot of challenges that you will face if you wanna be an aspiring administrator that I did not face, that my mentor did not face. Education, certainly public education, doesn't have a playbook that we can pull mm. out from 20 years ago. But what we do have is, and what we can have, is a focus on students. Are you here for those reasons? Do you want to be able to make decisions that have an impact on a large number of kids in a positive way? Step into the arena. Let's get you into an environment where you can do that. Leadership, especially in education right now, I mean, you take a lot of punches. Mm -hmm. I know you know that. And there are some of us that it's, it's, it's what we want to do, and we think that that is valuable for kids. And we'll accept a few of those punches if we know what sure. we're doing is right. And aspiring administrators, I would tell them that. I would tell them that. It's a really exciting time. You're going to be able to make decisions and be a part of conversations that will have that impact on your school 
and on your community. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. Nobody, nobody ever promised it would be easy for us, did they? No. I don't think it's on any job description. Come to education, it's an easy way of life. That's right. That's right. You know, teaching right now, too, and talking with our, with our staff, anyone in your building right now, we can assess, like, that things are, things are changing and things are different, and that's, that's, that's hard in any institution. But at the same time, that complexity or having to go through that, there is some fun there. You know, guarantee they won't be bored. You will not be bored. You will not be bored, and you'll be excited to go to work. There are times where that's it's fun. Well, I, I want to tell you, I really appreciate our conversation today. Thanks for taking the time to uh, share your your wisdom, your thoughts, uh, your passions, and sharing your family with uh, the West Aurora school system. So, thanks for being here. Thank you. We love being here. We're super excited about how the future of West Aurora looks. It's very bright and it's fun. Thank and you. Very you will much. have a vested interest in for a long time. <laughs> I sounds will. Like. I will. Please remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. I'd encourage you to subscribe to our broadcast, and please give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussions. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.